Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, and welcome back. This will be for John chapter 8. This is about the woman that's taken in adultery. Verse 1, And Jesus went up unto the Mount of Olives, and perhaps to Bethany, to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, to spend the night. Early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. This is probably in the court of the women that he teaches. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman... And the question is asked, where is the man taken in adultery? And when they had set her in the midst of the people, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. This shows their total disregard for her feelings or concerns. They were pitiless and brutal in their bringing her in public like this. Now Moses in the law commanded us that that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? If he acquitted her, he would be liable for heresy by placing himself in open discord or disaccord with the sacred and fiery law. If he condemned her, he would belie his own compassion and be ruthless, which should shock the multitude who knew of his tenderness and offend the civil magistrates by making himself liable to the charge of sedition. Either answer, he would be condemned by the law, Hebrew law or Roman law. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him, But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. They were not asking advice or a judgment, but to trap him to see what he would say that they might more easily accuse him of wrongdoing. He might have been writing his answer, or it may have been symbolical that words written in the dust would be obliterated and forgotten, like repented sins. The phrase, as though he heard them not, is in italics in the King James Version because those words were added by the translators, or are words attested only in later manuscripts in the Gospel of John. That's by verse by verse. So it may not be actually that he he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So that might just be a mistranslation or just something added later. Verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. He was not speaking of any sins, but of the sin of adultery, the same sin of which the woman was guilty. Also, the witness, according to the law, was supposed to cast the first stone. You did not have to be pure or sinless to cast the stone, but these men had actually set up the situation so that all of them were involved in this sin. What he was saying was, if you are not complicit in this crime, then cast the first stone. Bruce R. McConkie said, No man is without sin in, sense, in the sense of having completely avoided the commission of evil acts. All men are sinners to some degree, yet these very sinners, who themselves stood as the witnesses against convicted adulterers in ancient Israel, were obligated to cast the first stone when the death penalty was imposed by the judges. Jesus, therefore, could not have meant that penalties are to be imposed only by persons who are themselves wholly free from sin. Rather, he was here dealing with men who themselves were guilty, either actually or in their sin-laden hearts of the same offense charged against the woman. That is, they were in effect adulterers worthy of death according to the terms of the very law they now sought to invoke against the woman. That's quite the indictment, isn't it? Verse 8, and he again stooped down and wrote on the ground. They were laying a trap for Jesus, but they should have known that Jesus was the most intelligent person ever, ever to live on the earth. There is no stratagem that could have succeeded against him. 
Remember, in Abraham it says, And the Lord said unto me, These two facts do exist, that there are two spirits, one being more intelligent than the other. There shall be another more intelligent than they. I am the Lord thy God. I am more intelligent than they all. Joseph Smith interpreted this to mean that Jesus was not just more intelligent than all of us, but more intelligent than all of us combined. So there's nothing they can do or say that's going to trap him. Verse 9, And they, they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst of the, of the temple. And Jesus had raised up himself and saw none of her accusers, and the woman standing, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Did Jesus forgive the woman? This example has been used numerous times to show how easily one can be forgiven for gross sin. But did the Lord forgive the woman? Could he forgive her? There seems to be no evidence of forgiveness. His command to her was, go and sin no more. He was directing the sinful woman to go her way, abandon her evil life, commit no more sin, transform her life. He was saying, go woman and start your repentance. And he was indicating to her the beginning step to abandon her transgression. That was by President Kimball. He does not condemn her with within the meaning of the Mosaic law, where her accuser is obligated to sit in judgment and cast the first stone, and he does not condemn her, because she repented and became clean before him. And the woman glorified God from that hour and believed on his name. That's from the Joseph Smith translation. From that moment she began the repentance process and joined the church. Verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jehovah spoke to the brother of Jared and said, In me shall all mankind have light, and that eternally, even they who shall believe on my name. In the Psalms and in Isaiah, it states that the Messiah would be a light. When Simeon held the baby Jesus in the temple, he said that he was a light to, the, to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Luke says the rabbis and the Jews knew that the Messiah would be the light. Elder McConkie said he makes this declaration at the Feast of Tabernacles for two reasons. One, this is the feast when sacrifices are offered for the, nation, for the nations of heathendom, the season when he chose, when the chosen seed turned their thoughts to sending forth light and truth to those that, who sit in darkness. And two, this is the festal season when each night the great candelabra are lighted in the temple to symbolize the sending forth to light in the, to the inhabitants of the city and the world. The candelabra stood 50 cubits or 75 feet high. They had been taught that one would come who would announce himself as the light of the world. They had looked forward to this day for 4,000 years. He said, I am the light of the world. I am your promised Messiah. I am the Son of God. Come unto me and be saved. Again, that was by Bruce Amarconky. Verse 13, The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. They were using a judicial procedure that two or three witnesses had to establish something. They were in effect setting in judgment upon him. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. He is not arguing with their system of witnesses, it is not used here, because the Father bears witness of him too. 
It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Notice they do not ask, Who is, your, who is thy father? He has already made that clear. Disbelief in one Disbelief in one leads to disbelieve in the other. If they didn't believe in Jesus, they also didn't believe in God. Verse 20, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. This was spoken later, because they don't believe in him, they will die in their sins. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself, because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come? And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above, ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. In other words, I alone can save you, but will, but you will not believe in me. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he, he that sent me is true. And I spake to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. The wicked cannot understand the things of the Spirit. 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. When you hand me over to the Romans to be crucified, is what he's talking about. Verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words. Many believed on him. Because of sin, his influential hearers were unable to hear the whisperings of the Spirit that convinced his more humble, more humble hearers. Who is Abraham's seed? Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Free from the damning effects of false doctrine, free from the shackles of sin, free from every evil and corrupt influence. They answered him, We be, uh, we be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? They thought that they were saved just because they were of Abraham. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. The servants come and go in the house. In the spiritual sense, you are not of the house of Abraham because of your sins. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. You have adopted the devil as your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. In other words, we are not spiritually illegitimate. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, 
ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot bear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Lucifer sought to destroy light and truth in the preexistence, and is still doing so. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Jesus did not shy away from the truth, but spoke boldly in spite of the danger to himself. Which of you convinceth, or convicts, or reproves me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God receiveth God's words. Ye therefore receive them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews, and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? This means prince of the demons." Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory, there is none that seeketh and judgeth. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. My word is my law. Those who keep his commandments shall not die spiritually. Verse 52, Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead, and thou makest thou thyself, whom makest thou thyself? They were hoping he would say something blasphemous so they could put him to death. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. The Father honors me because I am his Son. Yet ye have not known me, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you, but I know him, and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I, Jehovah, I am God Almighty, the great I am. He has once again borne witness that he is God. Verse 59, Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and, and so passed by. So anyway, that's the end of the chapter. As we can see here, they uh, have quite a bit of uh, animosity toward uh, Jesus, and they won't believe in him. And uh, just because they're from Abraham, they think that they're going to be in the celestial kingdom. Uh, we've got to keep the commandments and believe in Jesus, so that's what we have to do. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye.